1: To democracy ish, I'm Danielle Moody, and I'm Ali. and Waj. Here we are back again. You know, we we've made it to another to another democracy ish week in America, and I got to tell you that over the weekend, um, the New York Times posted a story that had me think about our show, think about our work. And the fact that everything that we have been saying and you always joke and you say, you know, we're never wrong. (laughs) We're never wrong. Um, And so The New York Times is like echoing the things that we've been saying in an article over the weekend entitled Black Pastors Pressure Biden to Call for a Ceasefire in Gaza. Several black pastors pastors that together lead about 15 million Congregants Mm. around the country are saying that they are struggling with telling their uh, parishioners to vote for Joe Biden, Mm. that they believe that, quote, he has lost his way, that this administration has lost their way. And they say that, quote, Black faith leaders are extremely disappointed in the Biden administration on this issue. Um, and we've talked about it. It's going to be very hard to persuade our people to go back to the polls and vote for Biden. What do you make of this? And the fact, again, when folks are listening to this, um, happy Black History Month, uh, this is the beginning <laughs> shortest of, month Black- of the year, the <laughs> shortest month of the year um, is uh, we are, we're now in February that this type of alarming article is coming out now.
2: Well, that alarming article coincides with all the polls that have come out recently that have shown that Democratic voters, the overwhelming majority of them, uh, are against the war, demand a ceasefire, that with young voters, uh, I mean, the, the, the the one that came out yesterday, it was just shocking, like what, 70 plus percent of young voters, it was like 60 plus, excuse me, say that they, don't, they have a disapproval rating of Biden. And in large part due to the Biden administrations, what I think is just like a, a strange, almost ossified approach to Israel, uh, you know, stuck in the 60s, where Biden is unrelenting, and unflinching in his ability to maneuver, to read the room, right? He he keeps repeating that Golda Myers story. He proudly calls himself a Zionist. Uh, and, and he's surrounded himself with a lot of yes-men who seem completely emboldened to a strategy that has repeatedly failed in front of our eyes. And what makes it even more shocking is that Netanyahu, their alleged, quote conversation partner, is openly saying, uh, no two states. And Biden's like, I, I think there's, we're going to get to a two states. He's like, nope, nope, not going to happen. And you have the members of the Biden, uh, excuse me, of the Netanyahu government openly extremists like Ben Gavir, extremists like Smotrich. Uh, ben Gavir is a national security minister, for those who don't know, who, by the way, was uh, indicted for you know his role in inciting terror, literally a terrorist who's a national security minister, openly. Openly saying we're going to take over Gaza, ethnic cleansing, war crimes, genocidal, genocidal rhetoric. And just, you know, if folks haven't read this interview, I think they should. It came out yesterday in The New Yorker. Isaac Chotner uh, interviewed a doctor, Seema Jelani, who's actually here from Maryland, mm. who, who spent time in Gaza. And some of these uh, pages of this interview have gone viral because people did a screenshot, Danielle. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and you read one and just one of them, just the one that's gone really viral she talks about trying to save a child's life Mm -hmm. who lost both his legs, a one-year-old baby, lost his arm, and is choking on his own blood, and then goes to the trauma surgeon. The trauma surgeon says, "Uh, we have higher priorities right now. And she says, what could be a higher priority than a one-year-old child without legs, without an arm, choking in his own blood? And that just gives a microcosm of the scale of brutality that we have witnessed, And that this administration has emboldened, encouraged, funded, and armed at an international level. And and when you and I talk about it, you know, people Mm -hmm. say, ah, Mm -hmm. you're progressives, you're people of color, oh, a jihad's a Muslim, he's biased. And what we've been saying is, no, the democratic base looks at this and says, why, oh, why are we simultaneously funding Ukraine that is being invaded by Russia? but giving unconditional aid to a right-wing extremist government that wants you, Biden, to lose
1: openly. Right.
2: Right. And this will affect you, and we've been on the record saying this, this will affect and impact Democrats in the upcoming election. The last thing I'll say is the Democratic administration wanted to do an outreach recently last week, uh, Danielle, to Muslim and Arab voters in Michigan. What do they say? Don't bother coming. Mm-hmm. And it got canceled. And so Mm -hmm. people might say, ah, just those Arabs and Muslims. Well, now you got the black voters, the base of the Mm -hmm. Democratic Party saying this. So what now? What now, Danielle?
1: So, you know, and I want to go, I want to read another piece of of the New York Times article because it coincides again um, with with what we are seeing happening. That initially, right, was the, the, the pushback and outrage around uh, the destruction that is happening in Gaza at the hands of the these uh the Israeli government and Netanyahu extremists, we are seeing it on college campuses. We're seeing it be led by young people. And what do we love to do as the electorate is just shrug off young people. Ah, they're unreliable. Ah, they never show up at the polls. Even though, in the past several elections, their numbers have been historic and have been part of the reason why Democrats have been able to hang on, whether it's in uh, a state government uh, or to the White House or to the Senate, right? And so when then you see, and you just laid out what is happening in Michigan, where there is not a small amount of Muslim Americans that are in Michigan, there's actually quite a few. And this is a state that is a battleground state that guess what? right? I think Biden might've won by maybe 60 or 70,000 votes. So when you're talking a few counties, so when you're talking about tens of thousands of people that are being organized and saying like, we're not going to give you our vote, this is a state that Biden can't afford to lose. So in this article in the New York times that is talking with black pastors, they say this quote, this is not a fringe issue. Mm. There are many of us who feel that this administration has lost its way. And the article goes on and says this, seeing images of destruction in Gaza, many black voters whose churches have become involved in the ceasefire movement have voiced, have voiced increasing disenchantment with Democrats who they feel have done little to stop the war. Black clergy have seen war, militarism, poverty, and racism all connected said Barbara Williams Skinner who's the co-convenor of the National African American Clergy Network whose members lead roughly 15 million churchgoers mm. right so again i have been told and i'm sure you have too that ah when it comes to the presidential election foreign affairs issues are not what leads people to the polls that the issues that are happening in Gaza, the genocide that we're witnessing with our own eyes, uh, that's going to peter out by the time that November rolls around. And what we are saying and what folks are trying to get this administration to see is that this issue is not going away. You can, can, you can take your, the economy is great fucking conversation someplace else because people A, are still not buying that. When they're going to the grocery store, and they're still seeing that the, the their bills are higher than they were, you know, a year ago at this time, and, and so, they can't
2: afford rent that just came out. And too. Can't, a lot of people can't. Yeah, afford rent.
1: and a lot of people can't afford rent, and then you have the UPS uh, is just saying we're laying off twelve thousand workers after they get to historic place in terms of labor. So you see all of these things playing out, and the American people. While foreign affairs may be not what drives them to the polls, what I am going to say is that it may be what keeps them from the polls. And that is going to be an absolute disaster for this current administration, but more so our democracy.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, where all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com/slash news ad free. That's Amazon.com/slash news to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
2: Well, I mean, you know, we oftentimes say love has gone intersectional and I and I say hate has also gone intersectional. And the, and the alliances that people uh, are seeing right now, and they're confused why so many Black Americans and Black Christians are standing up for these Arabs and Muslims in a foreign issues. because for the past several years, uh, there has been alliances where people have decided to carry each other's water, right? And they realize, mm-hmm. okay, Racial freedom, dignity, equality. This is what our ancestors did in the 60s, right? It wasn't just black rights. On the on the backs of the civil rights movement, we passed the Immigration Nationality Act of 1965, which allowed my dad from Pakistan to come to this country, which mm-hmm. allowed Nikki Haley's brown father and family mm-hmm. to come to this country, right? So these movements have always been intertwined. And also in this particular issue, what we have seen is that the Israel war in Gaza has been manipulated and hijacked by bad faith actors on the right who are also using it to attack, wait for it, wokeness which then became crt which now has become dei i give you claudine gay of harvard right mm-hmm. uh, we saw black people remember that mark lamont hill got fired from CNN, cnn for that comment even though he gave a very eloquent um yep. he was in the philadelphia Inquirer where he really explained himself right and at the very least okay give him a slap on the wrist but nope you're out mark lamont hill and keith ellison Black Muslim uh, a congressman who's now the uh, lieutenant governor of Minnesota. A couple of years ago, ADL's Jonathan Greenblatt went after him. Uh, and this man, and I, I just want to tell folks, I remember I told Jonathan of the ADL the big mistake that he made. I said, listen, you guys usually go after Arabs and Muslims, right? And Keith is Muslim. Keith is against BDS. Keith has gone to Israel. Keith is for a two-state solution. Keith has the backing. Uh, a, a lot of Jews who are Zionists and pro-Israel. And you're telling us that, Keith, because he was telling some Muslims, hey, you got to lobby like APAC lobbies. APAC's playing the game. You got to play the game. And you saw that as an example of anti-Semitism. You're not just losing Muslims and Arabs. Mm-hmm. Black people are paying attention to this and so are mm-hmm. progressives. And then you saw what happened to Claudine Gay. Kept warning Jewish American allies, this will be a wedge issue. Black folks are paying attention to this. And then you saw Christopher Rufo, the architect behind the bullshit anti-CRT measure, which is literally, uh, uh, Daniel, a remake of the anti-Sharia playbook that they launched before the midterm elections in 2010. And voila, they just go right into it. And Biden, as this is happening, and as the Democrats know they need a multiracial coalition, guess what he's doing? They're caving to bad faith Republican talking points over the border. So Latinos are paying attention to this as well. Mm -hmm. And and what I keep telling them is people are like, okay, we have one side that openly says that they hate us and are aligned with white nationalists and white supremacists and leading anti-Semites. And the other party is the Inshallah party. Get us in and Inshallah, (laughs) we'll help you. But Mm -hmm. we're going to kick the can down the road. And by the way, we have you hijacked in a way because, hey, 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 do you want white nationalists or do you want us? Because at least we ain't white nationalists. So what are you going to choose, Darkie? You better choose. And to be honest, Danielle, that's the choice they've given us right now. Hey, 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 Muslims, do you want Trump, who wants a Muslim ban? Or do you want us, where we barely feign empathy? Hey, 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 Black people, do you want mm-hmm. the guy who says that the white supremacists are very fine people? Or at least me, who condemned that? What do you want? And a lot of voters are like, I don't want either.
1: I don't want either. And I was just <laughs> going to say, and that, that, and so a lot of voters are saying, I don't want either. And so where does that leave us? That leaves us with the diehard, older, white, racist constituency of the MAGA supremacists mm. who will make sure that they go to the polls because regardless, they're aligned on turning uh, turning Trump into a martyr, turning him into a king. That's what they want above all else. And here you have All of these different groups, all of the examples that you provided from the Latino and Hispanic community, the black community, the Muslim community, the progressives, Generation Z, millennials. You have all of these groups that you just laid out that have issue, and it is falling on non-listening ears,
2: Mm.
1: right? Because I'm looking, and every time that there's an announcement that the Biden campaign is making about who they're adding, I'm like, so it's the same old fucking players? Like, oh, well, we just added John Podesta. I don't give a fuck.
2: (laughs) Of all the people, John Podesta. Talk about an establishment man. Give me a break. Yeah.
1: Right? Like, we are living right now, as we say every week on this show, historical, apocalyptic times, right? And the Biden campaign is rolling out the same players as if it is the year 2000, as if it is a 1990s election or 1990s America. And so when I, I, I said this on, on, on Woke AF this week, I said, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with folks. I don't know if Biden is up to the job. And when I say that, I don't mean it because he's 80-something years, because he's going to be 80 years old. Mm. I mean it because his thinking is not in the moment of crisis, right, and that we are in. He is not operating as a wartime president, as we said that our friend and colleague Jason Johnson had said on MSNBC, is that we need a wartime president because the Republican Party is at war. They have put billions of dollars into building the infrastructure of the new world order that they want. And Biden still thinks that he can call them up and have a scotch. And I'm like, what the fuck reality are you living in?
0: 1965. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. <laughs>
2: Maybe 1982. It's one of those situations where uh, Republicans want to take us back to 1953 before Board versus uh, Brown. And I feel like this democratic establishment wants to take us back to the Bill Clinton 90s era, right? The neoliberal era, pre-Obama, by the way. Notice Mm -hmm. both are pre-Obama, right? Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think the black president, uh, the Muslim black president, who's not Muslim, (laughs) but people still think he's Muslim. uh, (laughs) I know. Really, you know, the black president, uh, the rise of women, the rise of the gays, uh, the fact that there's Muslim women elected to office, uh, the fact that young people, um, you know, are, are, are kind of radically uh, questioning capitalism, all of this is too much for all those in power. And what they want, what they're doing right now is sandbagging. They're sandbagging which uh, what is an inevitable change. Now, whether or not this means people become more progressive or conservative, I don't know. But people want to change because the system has not helped them. The system that they were taught to believe in, you know, raise yourself up from the bootstraps and America will help you. I'm like, it doesn't help me. You know, there's only two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Rich people Mm -hmm. don't pay taxes. What are you talking about? Nope. (laughs) Right? The first generation that is actually going to be poorer off than their parents' generation. Mm -hmm. And you're expecting them to fight for a system that only oppresses them and to uphold a system that has shown them nothing but contempt and uh, disregard. And, you know... Eventually people break, Danielle. Eventually people mm-hmm. break and, mm-hmm. and they, they want something new. They want something different. So I feel like the Democrats are desperately sandbagging ahead of a pivotal 2024 election where we are up against a four-time, uh, is it four-time? He's been um,
1: indicted four indicted, times, four time Indicted 91
2: criminal counts. We we're waiting as of this recording to see what the judge in New York, who's all already said that he is guilty of fraud. Uh, what the punishment's going to be, and whether or not Trump can operate businesses in New York. Regardless, his base doesn't care. Uh, And the fact that E. Jean Carroll has won a massive lawsuit against him for defamation. That was after she already uh, won a lawsuit in which he was held liable for sexual assault, rape folks uh, in a civil trial, uh, and who said he'll be a dictator for a day, just for a day. Uh, And so we're stuck. And I feel it's one of those situations where, where push comes to shove, Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially black voters, are going to be like, all right, well, we'll do the right thing because black voters have generally always done the right things. But there's something here to be said that I think the Democratic establishment is playing with fire. They're taking their base for granted. They're taking young people for granted. And they believe because Trump is such a big threat and that abortion rights are at stake, that might be enough. And it might be enough, Daniel. It might Mm -hmm. be enough for Biden to barely win again. What's next then, Daniel? What's next?
1: You know, and that is such a good question, because I think that much in the same way that we had this conversation ahead of the 2020 election, right, where we were saying to ourselves, well, if Biden wins, then we get to go back to normal. Then the adults get to be back in the room. And obviously what we've seen over the last four years is that that is anything but the truth, that we have become more divided than ever, that this country um, is faltering in so many different spaces and places, whether it is healthcare, whether it's climate change, whether it's voting rights, abortion, uh, LGBTQ equality, all of these things are faltering, right? Because- of the fault lines of white supremacy and racism and misogyny and patriarchy that we've chosen to just put a rug over, right? We've put the rug over the fault line. And so, what comes next? My concern, and this is a conversation that people are not having, is that even if Biden wins, I think that I don't believe we're out of danger, right? Like, I don't think that people are prepared for what. The MAGA supremacists are willing and capable of doing either way, whether it's Trump is in or Trump is out. Right? These people have shown no signs of slowing. Oh, and so, judge,
2: the judge, the warning the judge gave, remember to the jurors. Just oh,
1: last don't week? yes, just oh, and 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 again, we gloss over that in the media. The judge gives a warning and says, "Do not tell people that you were on this case." Right? Well, Stay anonymous. Funny. And that is, that should be stunning. That is outrageous to say. Because what the judge recognizes is that we are in a dangerous, volatile climate and you could be putting your life and the life of your family and friends and those close to you at risk.
2: Because you were part of the jury that held Trump liable for defamation against E. Jean Carroll. And as of today, an article came out that uh, lawmakers are increasingly terrified of, it's in roll call, swatting, swatting yes. okay and for those who don't know what that means that means when a bad faith actor uh, deliberately uh lies and uh, reports a fake threat and the swat show up and in the chaos those swat members got guns daniel mm-hmm. <laughs> people die and so now our elected officials are held uh, uh essentially as prisoners by a radicalized weaponized MAGA base i don't know if folks remember but we had a fascinating conversation with mckay coppins uh reporter from the Atlantic who did the biography on Romney. And he said that Romney basically has paid thousands of dollars every month for security for his family. And the Republicans that he interviewed for the book off the record say, we are terrified of our own base.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those and are I, Republicans. And, and this is, this is the thing is that that's why I keep saying that the Biden campaign needs to be real about the moment that we're in. Right. And they need to be honest about the battle that we're up against and tell people that, you know what? And what I have said is that you are not voting for a person in this upcoming election. You're voting for your space in this country. You're voting for your ability to continue to, you know, work towards uh, equity and justice. Right. That there are some elections where you are just going to hang on, where progress actually isn't on the ballot. Right. But the fact that Biden and his campaign folks are stuck in some nostalgia loop. You know, showcases to the rest of us who are living on pins and needles that they're ill-equipped. And when you keep bringing in the same old actors that worked on Clinton's campaign and Obama's campaign, they're from a bygone era.
2: Hillary's failed 2016 campaign.
1: It's like, find us some new blood. Right. Like if 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 it's the 80 year old that we got to rock with, then at least put some fresh faces and energy and thinking behind what he is offering to oh, the American people. at least a people. new
2: script. I mean, you just reminded me there's so much news that we haven't talked about. Nancy Pelosi, uh, when she went on air and said all these uh, protesters... Uh, who are protesting oh, for a God. ceasefire are yeah. are you know, you know some China. of them are funded from uh, Russia then in the at in her driveway she said uh, the others are funded by China and I'm just like, how do you misread your the base? How do you misread the moment where a majority of Americans are calling for a ceasefire? an overwhelming majority of Democrats are calling for a ceasefire and the point that you're trying to make is oh uh, some of them are funded by maybe some of them are just horrified by what they're seeing. Maybe some of them want the same type of empathy uh, that the administration has shown towards Ukrainians, uh, towards uh, Gazans. And I I will say something, Uh, you know, I don't know if you had these conversations within your communities, but uh, increasingly, Daniel, in the past month or two months, a lot of Muslims and Arabs I've talked to, you you know what they're saying? You know what? F Ukraine. F Ukraine aid. Yep. You know, you're like, oh, so when it's Ukraine, you guys, you know, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Because our what it shows is a double standard and our lives, wait for it, don't matter. Don't matter. And what does BLM stand for? Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. Literally the, the lowest common denominator. It's not saying black lives are the best. Black lives reign supreme. Black, black lives at top. It just say, hey, do black lives matter? And America lost its mind. Like, how dare you say black lives matter? And so that, now again, it's not that people don't care about what's happening in Ukraine. It's the double standard folks. That's that's what's pissing people off. They're like, oh, if this administration won't even pretend to care about these brown lives being destroyed, what about my life? I'm brown. You know, will they fight for me? And the answer then increasingly becomes, eh, your priorities take second place to bad faith the right-wing politics and the concerns and economic anxiety of Chet, who is undecided sitting in the Rust Belt with a MAGA cap drinking real coffee in a real diner but hey vote for me because you know what those other guys they're white nationalists
1: yeah what i'll I'll close and say and say this is that um you know i encourage folks to go ahead and read that article in the new york times with the black pastors and you know, to really start having these conversations with your family and friends. And if you are a member of a faith community, a volunteer community, or what have you, because, you know, it is February. And, um, and I can honestly say, with fear that we're in trouble as a democracy, and that this campaign is in trouble. If they don't start listening to all of the alarms going off in every single constituency camp, that is that is going off at the same time, Um, and that if we don't collectively get together and recognize that you know again we're not fighting for Biden, we're fighting for ourselves, um, and our and our and our ability to take up space right in this country uh, and to try and shape it rather than be shaped by it. Um, we won't be around to fight another day. Um, Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm a athlete. And we will be back next week, dear friends, if in fact we have a country left. Inshallah.